morning. Hello, hello. I'm Savannah. And I'm Alicia. And this is Burden of Proof. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We made it through the week. It's For us, it's Saturday. I know we go through this every single week. <laughs> um, we do. But every time we record, I'm happy because it means I'm not at work. <laughs> not that I don't love my job. It's just, you know, I like to not be there. Yeah. My job is at my home, so I'm always here. Yeah. Here I am. True. Okay. Do you have any updates for us? I don't think so. No news? Okay. Well, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our new patrons on Patreon. So I'm going to go through this list real quick. Yeah. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Make sure by the time this goes up, it will be close to our live stream. Oh, yeah. Because our live stream for Patreon will be Friday. So please go comment on our post about what you want us to talk about on live stream. But shout out to Heather, Domini, Taylor, Tali, we think. That's how you say your name. (laughs) Vicky and Renee, you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys will see uh, non-patrons will listen because next month our patrons have decided one of our cases one of our four cases for the month is patron yes. decided so woo-hoo. i'm looking into it yes alicia will be covering this one because i can't stomach it <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you can stomach it when we record i mean i can stomach i can stomach listening to it but researching is a whole different thing i feel yeah. like you get so immersed when researching yes i don't know i always yeah. feel like so emotional while i'm researching versus while recording it's a little different yeah true yeah i have no idea what this case is this week though well be prepared okay because it involves dogs what so Hmm. yeah okay so i almost didn't cover it because of the (laughs) dogs but at the same time i was intrigued by the case because of the dogs right you'll understand when we get to that point so but you've you've been warned Yes. I've yes. been warned. Yeah. If you're a dog lover, hold on to your butt. Hold on to your dogs. Yeah. Give your dogs some extra love. I always do, mostly because they never leave me alone. Yeah, mine neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the case of Kathy Lamb, the murder of Kathy Lamb. Okay. And Kathy Lamb is described by family members as an extroverted introvert. Someone who was very reserved until she got to know people, and then she was very outgoing and talkative and kind of was okay with being the life of the party. So I resonate. To speak. I resonate. Yeah. I know you resonate. Yes, I do. Very much, especially <laughs> when I was younger. Now I'm a little more introverted introvert yeah. <laughs> now, but when I was young, that was, yeah. Um, struggling with weight issues her whole life, she was often insecure as a teenager, but with some help and encouragement, she went on to make a whole big group of friends in high school, including Jeff Lamb. She and Jeff eventually started dating, and just two years after graduating high school, the couple got married. Aww. I don't think that it's going to end well because this is a true crime podcast. <laughs> Let's just pretend for a second. Okay. Aww. Postnuptial bliss. Yes. Her family, though, were initially concerned. They felt that the couple were too young and that their differences may catch up to them. Now, I believe the implication was that Jeff wasn't really as bright or as ambitious as Kathy. Okay. But everyone came to support them because Jeff seemed to make Kathy happy. And she loved him dearly. And she was happy. I don't think she was happy. Or so they believed. So her face is looking at me. I'm like, I don't think that maybe she wasn't so happy. Seven years into their marriage, her family found out that Jeff had moved out because Kathy discovered he was cheating on her. The two stayed married despite being separated for nearly four years because Kathy loved him. Right. And she had no interest in anyone else. Okay. When you get to that point where you look up his picture, 
You will understand. Oh, I'll just do it right now. <laughs> you will understand my sarcasm. Okay, let's do it. Um, is this him? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, he's not like scary or goofy looking. He just like is this the same guy. Yes. That's him. I went from now. a picture with facial hair and hair to a picture yeah, with no facial hair and many no hair years in between. Trying to see if it's the same person. Okay. I mean, okay. Yes. So. I mean, yeah. And there's more to, to it. It's oh, not just of, about looks. Of course. I just. Well, well, yeah, we'll get there. And she was very pretty. Yes, I think so. Not that he's unattractive. It's just, it's just interesting. Yeah, there's just nothing extra about him that makes you go, "Oh, this all makes sense." It. That yeah. he, that he, yeah. Well, you'll, yeah. Okay. So during their separation, though, Kathy focused on her career and had worked her way up in rank at Walgreens, going from a pharmacy tech all the way to a district scheduler. Okay. Jeff, on the other hand, worked his way into felony embezzlement. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean by <laughs> it's not just about looks. It's also life, just life in general. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I hate that. I, I feel like everybody knows somebody who you're like, you have so much potential and you're doing so well in life. And, and yet you're with somebody who is dragging you down. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah. tale as old as time, unfortunately. Yeah. If you can tell... What I'm thinking, which I think everybody probably can. Why in the world would she stay married to this man? But according to her family, it truly was just that she loved him. She was still hung up on him. And she wasn't even interested in dating. Like, she didn't even date the nearly four years that they were separated. I mean, listen, I... You know, I wasn't thinking why, because I've known some people who have done that. Not like that specifically, but like been with people that they shouldn't have been because mm-hmm. of the, because they love them. Yeah. Just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. True. So despite Jeff's felony and his owing his former employer $20,000 in restitution... Kathy reconciled with Jeff just months before their 11th anniversary in 2004. Instead of spending the evening of their anniversary celebrating, Jeff called 911 sobbing and exclaiming that his wife had been murdered. He claimed that he had just arrived home to find Kathy beaten and bleeding badly and that he found no pulse. You just arrived to that? Mm -hmm. Okay. First responders arrived to find Jeff hysterically crying over her body. Now, let me back up for a second. I probably should have mentioned just for, you know, emphasis. When I say he was sobbing and hysterical, he was so hysterical that the 911 dispatcher kept calling him (laughs) ma'am at first because, because she thought that it was a woman because right. he would because of how he was carrying on which i mean if anybody ever actually genuinely responds that way like god bless i like i my heart right. goes out to them for real but but you know what it makes me think of paul my paul my <laughs> <Yes>. stefani <laughs> the weepy voice killer yes exactly I'm sorry, I killed her. <laughs> That's what it he makes me think of. It wasn't quite that high pitch, but yeah, yeah. Side it, note, if y'all haven't listened to that episode, it might be one of my favorites. Go listen to it. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. It's, it's, one, of, it's one of my favorite <laughs> cases. I mean, it's horrible. Horrible. But in this context, it's making me giggle a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Just a little bit of giggle. What they found was Kathy bludgeoned so badly, part of her brain was actually protruding Ew. from a fracture in her skull. Gross. You know, one thing in my life that I hope I never see? Brain. Yeah, same. Jeff told police that he believed someone had broken in because the house had been ransacked, and he claimed that one of Kathy's diamond earrings were missing. You know how, like, everybody who's listened to us knows how I feel about this. Yes. Robberies don't go this bad. Nine times out of ten. So, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know the actual statistic. I'm No. Yeah. My next note was we've discussed it many oh, times yeah. before. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but police are always quick to be suspicious of a burglary gone wrong. They're going to... You right. Know, they're not going to just easily chalk it up to that. Well, if they're doing their job properly, they're not going right. to chalk it up to that. But this one in particular was very suspicious. You see, Kathy and Jeff own three very large, very protective dogs. The two dogs belonging to Kathy had both also been beaten and suffered severe head injuries. Oh, my God. But you know her two. Her two dogs. Yeah, the third dog was technically his. Jeff's. And I'm and sure his dog was fine. Yeah. According to Jeff, his dog had been shut in the bedroom for the day. Um, But strangely, that dog had a small wound, just one small wound on his neck. And there were bloody paw prints all over the bed in the room where the dog was. The math just isn't mathing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the dogs, the two dogs that were, well, all the dogs were taken, I believe. But the two dogs that were injured were taken for medical care and their mouths were swabbed as investigators knew that, well, if this was a burglary, the dogs would have bitten the perpetrator. Right. And they were actually familiar with those dogs because they had been called out to the house before for one of those dogs biting a neighbor. Right. So so they knew these yeah. dogs bite. are going to bite. At least one of them is going to bite. Yes. Now, in the meantime, while they're taking the dogs and handling the dogs, officers notice that Jeff had blood on his pants. Jeff, of course, said he must have gotten it on himself while checking for a pulse, but... Officers were smart, and so they asked him to change and give the clothing he was wearing for evidence. Right. Yeah, I mean. And he cooperated. He did so. And then they resumed their questioning. Jeff admitted that he and Kathy had recently reconciled and that he had just moved back into the home. And that that day, June fifteenth, two 2004, was in fact their 11th wedding anniversary. And they had been planning to go to dinner and a movie. Right about that time, a surprise visitor arrived to console the devastated husband. Let me guess. It's a woman. She introduced herself to the officers as Joey Lee Steidel, Jeff's fiance. Ah, yes. So he's so reconciled with his wife because his wife is okay with his fiance moving in. She admitted to police that she, too, was married, but that she and Jeff had been in an on-again, off-again relationship for five years, and that they were currently engaged and planning on moving in together. She's like, oh, he signed a lease with me. We're moving in together next month. Wow. Yeah. Joey said she came to the house because she had heard something happened. The crime had not yet been released. Like, they're still actively on the scene in the middle of finding out what happened and what's going right. on. Um, it had not been released in the news. So they're thinking, now you are a person of interest, Miss Joey. I mean, how did you hear about it? Yeah. So they knew that either she knew about it because she had something to do with it, or she knew about it because Jeff must have right. told her. But upon further questioning, she actually, it was part of her alibi, she informed them that she was a server at a local cafe and had heard from people there that something was going on, like neighbors right. or somebody had driven by and saw that there were police and ambulance, etc. Mm -hmm. So they took note that Joey did not appear to have any injuries, bruises, cuts, or bites, and they confirmed her alibi with her coworkers. So, at that point, really wasn't looking like the jealous girlfriend did it. Excuse you. Fiance. Sorry, fiance. As the investigation continued, the autopsy report confirmed Kathy did, in fact, die from blunt force trauma. I mean, if somebody's brain is sticking out their head, I 
Yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's safe to assume. <laughs> I don't think the cause you, of death. You necessarily need a medical examiner for that, but I mean, you do, but you also do, but like, yeah, come on now. I don't have a degree. <laughs> Sorry, I just find the most you know the captain obvious things to be hilarious. Yeah. So the object used left a very distinct hexagonal shape of bruising where it didn't actually break the skin or crush hmm. her skull. Interesting. Also, side note, we know that medical examiners do a lot more than just determine cause of death. Yes, they yeah. do. So what hexagonal object? Okay. It was also suggested that the perpetrator was very strong to have caused such injuries, leading them to believe that they must have been male and that the object used must have been fairly heavy. Yeah. Okay. Now, based on the contents in Kathy's stomach and physiological indicators, the medical examiner estimated that she had died sometime between 2 and 4 p.m. that day. Okay. That's a small window. Yeah. A canvas of the neighborhood in hopes that someone would have seen something unusual turned up nothing. And the more detectives thought about it, the more they were stuck on one thing. It made no sense to them that someone would attempt to burglarize a home with at least two dogs that were clearly protective, and especially in the middle of the day with someone home. Right, with somebody home. And like, a lot of people who burgle, burglars, if you will, <laughs> will like case houses, like people who are yeah. repeat, repeat offenders who do it, you know, as a living. Yes. And they and they will do it during the day when they know nobody's home. Yes, exactly. Right. But one of the detectives interviewed said it just didn't make sense because there were plenty of homes in that right. neighborhood that would have just as many, if not more, valuables. And did not have dogs. The dogs so, is really what gets me because there's no way in hell that I'm going into a house that has dogs that I don't know that are large. And I have a big dog who sounds really scary and yes. I wouldn't enter my house if he was barking at me, which yeah. is why I let him bark yeah, at Yeah. And as soon as they, I mean, even my dogs, my dogs aren't scary, but as soon as somebody, you know, mm -hmm. as soon as you're at the door, they're right there barking at the door. Right. And I wish that I could stop that because they're not actually likely to harm anybody even if they came in. But, uh, hey, if it scares people off, then yay. Because I'm an introvert introvert now. So. Yeah. Got to keep them away. <laughs> Unless I want you here. <laughs> yeah. Go away. Um, I'm talking to you, solar salesman. <laughs> anyway, the results of the swabs were back I was from the say, dog's mouth. And also, do the dogs live? Or were they? No. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. They were both negative for DNA. Interesting. Human DNA. So, I mean, obviously, they knew the perpetrator. Look at you so smart. I'm so smart. I thought of it with my own little head. Still not being able to let go of that piece of the puzzle, though. Detectives consulted with a canine behavior specialist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Seems like the next move. And obviously, because of what Savannah just said, we we realized that, you know, you can just know dogs. Right. <laughs> you don't need and, and figure this out. But they, of course, did their due diligence and found this canine behavior specialist who's not just a typical dog trainer, but somebody that is an expert in analyzing dog behavior and determining any, like, behavior patterns and whatnot. Right. So when this expert assessed the situation and the two dogs involved, they were confident that the dogs knew whoever did this to them. Especially with the history of the one dog's aggression, it was their opinion that these dogs would have absolutely attacked or bitten someone trying to hurt Kathy, unless it was someone they were familiar with. Or they had been beaten prior. Yes. Right, like... They further speculated that some of the wounds, including the superficial wound on Jeff's dogs, were actually from the dogs turning on each other. Mm. Now, I personally understand this because when our kids will start to roughhouse with one another, mm -hmm. it gets the dogs all riled up. And then Phoebe, our mini schnauzer, will often turn on Betty, our doodle, even <laughs> though she's like a quarter of the size. 
And she'll start growling at Betty and like biting at her and attacking her, especially right. where the neck. Interesting. Granted, my little my little mini schnauzer doesn't hurt her. Yeah, <laughs> she can't. But it's obvious she's doing it because they've been trained not to bite our kids and they don't know where else to put that aggression. Right. Oh, I don't know if Nicholas starts like fake. Yeah. <laughs> fake play or fake fight with me. And Cooper gets so angry. He like butts in. He's. Yeah. But Cooper didn't grow up like he was grown by the time you moved in with Nicholas. Yeah. So like he's familiar with Nicholas and he knows him, but he didn't know him. Like, this is true. You know, mm-hmm. like grow up in the house with him. Right. So um, because Matt does the same thing and our, and our dogs do nothing. Or they really? or Phoebe turns out like they'll get like they'll growl and bark and stuff and get riled up, but they won't attack him, nor really? will they attack me if I'm being rough with anybody. Now sorry. All that being said, before anyone calls CPS or the ASPCA on me, <laughs> our kids are also like all of us are also trained to stop. Like once the dogs get too riled up, <laughs> we all stop and nobody's actually getting hurt. Nobody's so. hurt and all of her kids are older and this, this yeah. sort yeah. come on. And that's just it. Even when they were young, I put a stop to it. And so they now know when they need to stop. Right. But of course, that's a very, the same but different situation than what we have here. Kathy's dogs turned on each other hardcore. And I'm just guessing that whoever did this, then saved the third dog from getting when he when they turned on him and gave him a nick in the neck so to speak right and then that's when he got put in the room already bloody yes i can't say for sure you know right but unfortunately between the extent of their injuries and the behavior issues they had before the incident, as well as the expected behavior, you know, after such a trauma, the decision was made to euthanize both of Kathy's dogs. That's so sad. Yeah. So to find a silver lining, though, they play such a big part in the investigation. Yeah. They, even though they couldn't save her in the moment, yeah. they kind of help solve the case. Yeah. Which is good. Good doggies. Yeah. Once the detectives heard the report from the behavior specialist, they obviously looked even more closely at Jeff. Detectives reviewed his initial interview and took note that he said the dogs were suddenly skittish of him after the incident. They also took a closer look at the home and took note that while things at first glance appeared to be ransacked, it wasn't really. For example, dresser drawers were open, but the clothing inside was still neatly folded. Now, according to some reports, when the lab went to analyze the blood on his clothing, they found a diamond earring in the pocket of his jeans. Oh, Mm. Mm. didn't he say that that was what was missing? Yeah, like the one that Jeff claimed was missing. Mm -hmm. However, according to another one of my sources, this was never actually entered into trial. So I can't be 100% sure. Like some sources talk about it, but I didn't actually have a transcript of the trial itself. So I'm not 100% sure. Right. But what we do know for certain about his clothing is that the blood pattern analysis showed that there was more blood on his pants than one could see with the naked eye. As I said, Jeff had told them that he got blood on himself when he was checking on Kathy, which may have been true for some of it, but analysts found blood splatter on both his pants and one of his socks, consistent with a cast-off pattern meaning the blood droplets were from the movement of the object hitting Kathy. Mm-hmm. Also, the bloody paw prints on the bed. Well, that blood wasn't from the dog's neck. The blood on the bed turned out to be Kathy's as well. 
Mm-hmm. So the dog wasn't in the bedroom the whole time, buddy. As these things were being discovered behind the scenes, Jeff was out there acting a fool. Less than a month after Kathy's death, Jeff was arrested for choking, punching, and attempting to place his fiance Joey, in handcuffs. <laughs> Your face. I don't even know what to say. Like, ugh. Yeah. Why hadn't they arrested him? Like, why? Well, now they now they do. Right. I just don't, like, everything is pointing to, I feel like they totally had reasonable. Yeah, this is all happening really fast. Like, yeah. the investigation took a little bit, but they actually did it in a fairly timely fashion, I will right. say. So, at that point, he was arrested for that. He was charged with misdemeanor battery and subjected to a psych evaluation. And as it turned out, this was not his first domestic violence charge. Oh, I'm so shocked. Back in 2001, he had been arrested for battery on a living girlfriend who is assumed to be Joey as well. Mm-hmm. So, they have a guy who is clearly a liar, a thief, and has a history of harming women. And a dead wife. Detective's next big move was to dig in a bit deeper into his alibi. Um, Because they had confirmed initially, I think they did confirm, like, oh, he was working. But he works as a tow truck driver. So they're like, okay, he says he was at work all day and had found Kathy when he got home. And his coworkers initially confirmed, like, yeah, he was at work that day. Right. But once they dug a little deeper, some of the coworkers confirmed that he had reported to work. That's true. But... Joey's car was at their shop for repairs, and Jeff had left at some point in the afternoon stating he was going to take that car to fill it up with gas. Okay. So detectives looked at his cell phone records, which showed that he had used his phone within the time frame of Kathy's estimated time of death. And I'm sure you'll be shocked to hear that he was, in fact, near the house. Oh, yeah. I'm floored. He had spoken to a woman named Lisa Adzerbell, who turned out to be Joey Steidel's neighbor and another woman that Jeff was having an affair with. Okay, now I see what you mean when you say you look at his face because I don't understand all these women. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because he must... Be incredibly charming or something. He must be one smooth talker because... So detectives (laughs) spoke with both Lisa and her husband because her husband did know about the affair. He had recently found out. Okay. And he basically threatened Jeff's life. (laughs) He said, don't come around here again or I will kill you. And they ultimately were able to rule out Lisa or her husband as having anything to do Right. With the murder. But he had called her, and that's... But he... I don't know if he called her or she called him, but they were able to track, you know. He was on his phone. Around the same time, detectives also learned that Jeff had made a life insurance claim for payment of what some sources say is 27000 some say is 29000 Does that really matter? No. No, but... Either way, it was conveniently enough... To pay the restitution he owed to his former employer. Aha. Uh-huh. Though largely circumstantial, the state attorney gave the green light to arrest Jeff for charges including cruelty to animals, insurance fraud, and first degree murder. Of course, they didn't really have to physically arrest him as he was still in custody <laughs> for the battery charges. But. If you're wondering about that murder charge, a first-degree murder, I don't know if anybody else would question that, but I sort of was like, wow, they're really going for first-degree when they don't really really have much evidence that... I mean, yeah, we can list it. They have the the cast-off pattern on the pants. They have the dog's situation. Yes. But I mean premeditated. First degree, it's premeditated. Right. Well, that's what I was getting at. Like, yeah. it, it is interesting that they went for first degree because, I mean, you can 
how what do they have that proves that definitively they don't have a murder weapon they don't have any like yeah yeah but so, what, this what years 2004 yes so so the prosecution states that they believed that they could prove first degree or premeditation because of the extent to which he covered it up well i Staged think they it could, as a burglary yeah and spoke with his fiance yeah. either right before or right after you know right i see where they're going and made the phone call to lisa right they think all of that implies that it was more likely planned and again, I know that it's speculation, but the claim on the life insurance being so similar to what he owed his former employer. Yes. Um, I'm not saying they can hang their hat on it, but I'm saying that if I was on a jury, it would definitely sway me. Yes. You know? I agree. So now when you put it like that, I, I see why they were going for first degree, but I did yeah. have that same question. I did too. Initially. And then I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. I also just don't think that it is a question. He definitely murdered her. Oh, yeah. I but definitely thought that it. they had. I mean, if I was on the jury, I felt that they had enough evidence to prove it. And they don't have any other suspects. It's not like there's more than one person. No, because Kathy never dated anybody else. Like, she wasn't involved right. in anything sketchy other than her marriage. <laughs> right. That's it. So, at some point after he was charged, Detectives received a call that one of Jeff's co-workers found something on the roof of the tow truck company that was suspicious. On the roof? On the roof. Apparently, they went on the roof to check a leak and found a tire iron. I always say that word weird. Ire- iron. <laughs> <laughs> this tool was used on tow trucks and had a hexagonal head for loosening and tightening nuts or bolts. Yep. Specifically for dually trucks, which Jeff drove. So that hexagon shape was found to match the bruising on Kathy, but the lab was unable to find any DNA on it. Well. Because. It had been boiled. No. Because what I neglected to mention in the beginning is that this took place in South Florida. Ah, oh, and it's been outside. In June and July. Oh, no, that's not good for evidence. Yes. So. You know, sometimes I wonder how many bodies are in the Everglades. Oh, God. Don't, <laughs> don't put that thought in my head. Sorry. Just, there's so many. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> So the tool had been sitting on the roof for over two months yeah, at that point. Right. Um so for well, who would have thought to check the roof? Well, yeah, nobody. Nobody would. I will I now. mean that wasn't the scene of the crime. It wasn't yeah. I will now. To, did you check the roof did of his you employer? Check the roofs? So for our friends across the country or world who are unfamiliar with what we're talking about by saying <laughs> it's South Florida in the middle of the summer. Um, it's not only hot temps, but it rains just about every afternoon. So between the cooking and the washing away. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's like clockwork every day, like between noon and four o'clock, there's a thunderstorm. This past summer was weird, but this yeah, winter's been weird too. It's been a weird time. But typically speaking, you get way too much rain, like torrential downpours kind kind of rain. Yeah. For like twenty minutes to an hour every day. Yeah. So any evidence that would have been on it was washed away. On to the trial, where Jeff pleaded not guilty and was facing a possible death sentence if convicted. Because, again, South Florida. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that scene in um, the Ted Bundy movie with... Uh, yes, what's you've said name? that before. <laughs> with Zac Efron. This is Florida, and here you will fry. <laughs> Well, this would have been lethal injection. For, right, yes. For cause... Jeff for Jeffrey. So the prosecution laid the theory that Jeff had left work, gone to Kathy's to kill her, but because it was him, the dogs were not as quick to attack him. So he managed to beat them before they had a chance to bite him. He then drove back to the tow truck company threw the weapon on the roof and waited just long enough to leave for home at his regular time, and arrived back home to play the grieving husband who had just discovered his wife. I'm sorry. 
You said threw it on the roof. Did he stand on the ground and throw the tire iron onto the roof? Yeah, it's only a one-story building. I thought he just like went onto the. I don't know what. I mean, I was he may thinking. have done that too, but they like I think where it was or something. They, I don't know. He may no, have done I mean, that too. Why would you? I mean, it just it made is me so asinine that yeah, because like, what if you missed? Right, and then it's gone. Or it hits something else, and then you're blood and it hits everywhere, something, and, then... and you don't know exactly what's on the roof. What if you hit something that, like, what if you killed a bird, <laughs> and then you have a bird body to deal with? That's the least of his problems. No, but like a bloody bird. I don't know. I guess just after bludgeoning your wife and two dogs. I mean, what's yeah. a bird? I guess my priorities aren't straight. I keep forgetting. I it just the the my point is the unknowns. With just throwing it on the roof. I don't understand why you would throw it on the roof. What was he going to do if it, like, caught in a gutter? I don't know. <sighs> God. <laughs> I'm, con- I'm very upset by the throwing it. I'm pretty sure it was Kathy's mom in an interview said he's not the brightest man. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fair. I mean. Yeah. It doesn't make sense until it does. <laughs> and we don't really have pigeons, so. South Florida. We don't really have pigeons. No. Okay. So back to the prosecution's theory. Um, They further theorized that his motive was money because he did not make much as a tow truck driver and those restitution payments were a real hardship. Oh, it's almost like you shouldn't commit embezzlement. (laughs) Almost. Or murder. I I just feel like I should say I mean, why not? Because, yeah, you can always just kill somebody and commit more fraud. Right. And then it's okay. I don't know. I don't. I'm at a loss. Yeah. It's so stupid. You can't fix stupid. You really can't. Um. So Jeff's defense was that he did have an alibi. There was a reasonable explanation for the blood on his clothing, and they criticized the lab's determination as well as the blood splatter analysis in general. They were just like, mm. let's just throw everything at the wall. You just, you're just lying. You just didn't do your job right. Yeah. You're just bad. We can't prove it. Right. But you didn't do it right. We're just going to say it because it's on you to prove it. They also pointed out that there was nothing tying Jeff to the tire iron. And he had been cooperative with detectives until it reached the point that he was obviously a suspect. Regardless of whether or not they can tie him to that specific tire iron, they can still tie him to a tire iron, and they can still tie a tire iron to her cause of death. And that place, and yes. that, yeah. And yeah. why else would any anybody else throw a tire iron onto the roof? Yeah. Well, it also didn't help that his former friend, who had known about Jeff's affairs, described him as as liking to have his cake and eat it, too. That same friend testified that he was witness to Jeff hinting that he'd intended to hire someone to kill Kathy, as well as implying his life would be easier if she was just out of the picture. Could she just get out of the way? There is a solution that's not murder. But then he wouldn't get everything. He wouldn't get life insurance, and he wouldn't get... All the stuff because she made more money than him. You know what my mom would say? Can't always get what you want. Yeah, but he doesn't like that solution. Well, I don't like murder, so. He gets what he wants. In the form of married women and. Right, maybe we just want different things because I don't don't see it. And also, um, you don't really get it in the end. Yeah. I think you're going to get prison. So here's a fun tidbit. Joey Lee Steidel testified that Jeff had been in a perpetually terrible mood in the weeks after Kathy's murder, so she decided to leave him. Okay. She claimed that she came home on July 12th to find him trying to hang himself, and that when she tried to help him, he turned on her and began choking and hitting her, then tried to put the handcuffs on her, which is the arrest for battery. 
She admitted it was then that she stopped believing he was innocent and realized that he was entirely capable of killing Kathy. Aside from the evidence we've already discussed, a letter Jeff had written to Joey while he was awaiting trial was also entered into evidence, despite the defense team's best efforts to object. In it, he talks vaguely about how he's lived or done terrible things and how he needs her help. (laughs) The blinking. The slow blinks. The slow blinks. Though not a confession, the court decided it was up to a jury to decide if it was suggestive of guilt, so they allowed it in. Ah, okay. A surprising moment in the trial was when the former Palm Beach County medical examiner who had conducted the autopsy testified for the defense rather than the prosecution. See, the prosecution did not call on her testimony because Dr. Barbara Wolf retracted her early findings that the tire iron was the weapon used to kill Kathy. Originally, she reported that it was likely the weapon because it matched the bruising. And obviously, like we said, the connection to his workplace, etc. Right. Well, she doesn't owe anybody an explanation of it being his. She just owes what it, whether or not yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I appreciate that she's doing what she thinks. Yeah. Like that, her job. But later, she decided that they could not definitively say because there was no DNA or blood present. I understand that. I understand that. that. But the interesting thing is that Dr. Wolf was actually no longer employed by Palm County. Okay. And had taken a position as the Lee County coroner. And the prosecution actually accused her of taking money for a false testimony, though it was never proven. Okay. I mean, what is there to say about that? There's not. It's one of those, like... It's just... It's, it's fascinating. Kind, it's kind of a conspiracy thing. Um, it's fascinating to I don't think that have that's anymore. where they would go, but, like... Yeah, I don't have any more info on that, so I can't really say. But I thought it interesting that just in that short... Well, I guess from the trial to that, it wasn't as short. It was, like, a year and a half or so before they had the trial, so... Right, but even if it, let's just say, God forbid, it was a false testimony, that she was bribed or whatever. I don't think yeah. she was, but so her point still stands. They can't definitively prove that that was the murder weapon. They can prove that it could have been a tire iron. Yeah, but they don't have, you know. I think her decision was more just like initially she said yes, and then she said no. Right. It wasn't like a yes, but I can't say definitively. Okay. Like the way that I phrased it was just because I was trying to phrase it properly, I guess. Right. But I think that the truth is, is that it was more like she retracted it saying not just I can't determine, but like, no, that's not it. Mm. Okay. And they didn't trust that. Okay. Anyway, her testimony was allowed, of course, but her credibility was left in the hands of the jury as well. The jury took only an hour to deliberate, and it was evident that the blood evidence held the greatest sway as they asked to examine Jeff's socks that had been entered into evidence. They then gave their verdict of guilty on September 12, 2006. And of course, being Florida and the death penalty is involved... Mm -hmm. They then had the responsibility of deciding whether there was enough mitigating evidence to spare his life or sentence him to death. During the sentencing phase, family members, including his mother, made a plea for mercy, but Jeff did not take the stand himself. Throughout their testimonies, there was no mention of Jeff having suffered abuse or serious trauma himself only that he took the death of his father very hard when he was just 12 years old. Yeah, but I mean, you know, normal. I mean, most people whose dads die at 12 don't necessarily become... Wife murderers. Schemesters, con men, wife murderers. Right. Adulterers. There's a lot of people that lose their parents young, and that's not, you know, that's that's not an instant connection, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. 
The prosecution, in response, uh, just reiterated the heinous nature of the crime and the motive of money. And then on November 1st, 2006, the jury unanimously voted to sentence Jeff to life in prison. Right. And I think that's a completely fair choice. Same. I don't... I, I mean... We've said before, we're never going to really discuss our views on the death penalty. It's it's so controversial. But, like, <laughs> I, th- I think everybody's caught on to your feelings <laughs> on the death penalty. I, but it's like, I don't know if they have. I don't know if they have. This is definitely not one of those crimes that's, like, this isn't a Ted Bundy situation where he, yeah. you know, murdered nine. I don't know how many people Ted Bundy murdered a lot. And they were vicious and. Right rapes and attacks and you know yes. i mean this was horrible and i don't want to downplay that at all it was absolutely heinous and it was a horrible crime that should never have been committed i don't mind sharing my views on yeah because i'm like most things i'm very moderate i'm not totally against the death penalty but i don't think that it should be handed out all willy-nilly i think that yeah i think it should be saved for people that are ridiculously heinous yeah killed multiple people like sort of thing okay fine i'll share with the class (laughs) (laughs) i'm anti-death penalty personally but my biggest gripe with it is is not the ethics of it but it's whether i I don't i think that it's unethical to put that in the hands of a jury Mm -hmm. that's my opinion i don't disagree with you there i think that's a lot i think that's asking a lot of a Mm -hmm. jury of lay people But I think that it makes them take it seriously. I just still don't think that it's right. Anyway. That's true. Dab on that one. Dab out. Yeah. I will add to my Mm -hmm. commentary that I understand. Sorry. My brain is like the only other example that I can give. I don't want to use because it's just way too. (laughs) That's way too hot button of an issue. (laughs) So I'm thinking of the best way to phrase this. So. Like many things in law, if you will, for me, it's one of those things that I am comfortable with it because of the exceptions. Like if we said, okay, the death penalty is held for these very severe cases, but unfortunately the way laws are written, right? that's not always possible. That's not how it works. So that's where my biggest conflict comes in. As to what side I lean on when things like that arise, because in a perfect world, we could just say, hey, we reserve this thing for these situations. But unfortunately, bureaucracy can't work that way. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) you know, don't want to talk politics, but (laughs) we don't want to talk about prison reform. So there you go. That's that's uh, I don't know. Well, I'm assuming he's still in jail or dead because that was a long time ago. I mean, not that long ago. Jeez. <laughs> but I'm just saying that like a lot of times people don't last. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I don't. Well, yes, he continued to maintain he was innocent. Um, and of course, he went through the appellate process. I didn't really find anything too exciting in the appellate documents that I did find. So I'm going to spare everybody from like those details. But yeah, his sentencing continues to be affirmed from what I could find. And I confirmed that he is still currently serving his time at the South Bay Correctional Facility in South Bay, Florida. Well, looking smooth and picking up all the married ladies in prison, I suppose. He definitely looks smooth. (laughs) all this no facial hair no hair (laughs) pictures but uh wow good job that's a yeah the case that's the case (laughs) i enjoyed it i enjoyed your coverage you did a good job i just i it's horrible and i feel so bad for her family who lost this you know vivacious woman who was doing so well in her career and was just struggling with an abusive marriage and that's horrible yeah, I'm left with that one question. Is it, was he abusive, abusive to Kathy? Well, and I I think that I'm going to make a generalization here and I'm sorry, but the situation where she was still with him after so many years, it it leads me to believe in emotional abuse and manipulation at yes. the very least. Yeah. But again, that's not really up to us to 
to debate. I just, yeah, but I, I just wondered, like, is it one of those situations where definitely he was emotionally abusive because he was obviously manipulative and, and right. everything. And I think it's safe to assume that he likely would say things to play up her insecurities right. to keep her with him, to keep her right. engaged or string her along. But there are stories of, I mean, I hate to say it, I'm sure it happens both ways. But generally right. speaking, when we talk domestic violence or abuse or narcissism and stuff, oftentimes it is the husband right. who is the perpetrator. And this, so I mean, there are those cases of even though they manipulate and don't treat their wife the way they should, they they take out their physical yeah. aggression and anger more so on the girlfriend or. The right. mistress, or in this case, the fiance. The fiance. Because right. they don't want to accept responsibility for what they have done. So they almost like blame that other person. Yeah. And so then they end up treating them right. even worse. I think you're definitely onto something in this one. So yeah. I, it was just that. something that left left that little question in my head is how were you with Kathy? Yeah. Were you that abusive with Kathy or did you just use manipulation and crap? And I hope that Kathy has found some peace. Yeah, with her dogs. With her dogs. Sad. Rest in peace, Kathy and dogs. I never got the dogs' names. Rest in peace. I mean, for real. That's horrible. Well, I'm glad that he was convicted because if he hadn't have been, I would have been very, very, very upset. I wouldn't have been able to cover it. No. Because it's... I would have... I mean, not only because that's kind of our shtick but also <laughs> but also because i would have been too mad right well i hope you guys um enjoyed yes question mark i know i always feel weird, weird saying, saying that. that yeah um but i hope that you found this case as interesting as i did and if you are still with us go ahead and leave us a dog emoji little pop emoji uh on our socials so you can get a shout out and that's it. Yeah. Well, um, again, to all of our patrons, please let us know what you want us to talk about tomorrow night for our very first live stream. We're terrified, but excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We'll see you then. And again, if um, you have a reminder that we record episodes about two to three weeks in advance. So like if you subscribe to our Patreon and you are waiting for your shout out, Give us a couple weeks. You'll get it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Go Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.